Support for Silicon Slopes comes from Harmon's Neighborhood Grocer, where food lovers can take cooking classes to learn knife handling, wine pairing, sushi rolling, and fresh pasta preparation. Locations can be found at harmonsgrocery.com. Harmon's, your food, our passion. Welcome to the This is the Place podcast, a Silicon Slopes production. I'm Meg Walter in studio with Chris Rall. Hey, Chris. Meg, hello. How was your weekend? Good day to you. Good day. Who cares about the weekend? Today's a brand new day. It's a great day. Did you watch the Masters this weekend? I watched the Masters. The Jazz are a playoff-bound team. Oh, no. By the time people listen to this, they hopefully have actually ascended to the third seed in the West, which would be very exciting. Oh, man. Based upon the fact that at the midway point of the season, we were hoping that they could get a cool lottery pick, and now they're possibly the third best team in the West. At worst, probably the fourth best team in the West. They've surprised everybody this season. They've superseded every expectation we possibly had. When Gordon left, everyone was like, well, they just need like a year to like figure it out and recover. Little did we know Donovan Mitchell would be the coolest basketball player around. I feel like not only know? is he cool, but like the team is just like working, you know? Not only is he cool, he makes us cool. He makes everybody We find in Utah self-worth cool. through his ability to play basketball. And you know what I love about him? He seems to enjoy living in Utah. He seems like a very nice person, which has never come back to bite anybody when you know barely anything about a human and you assume the best. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, like Bill Cosby's my favorite actor. He Correct. seems so nice. Meg, you're a huge jazz fan, though. Um, I mean, you have a Donovan Mitchell jersey. Dick. I'm a Donovan Mitchell fan. I have a Derek Favors jersey. I really enjoy watching the jazz, but ask me anything about like stats and like, you know. You're a naturalist. You watch for the joy of the game. I do. You dissect it as it happens, but then when it's over, your mind moves to other areas. Is that fair to say? That's fair. And like, I understand the basics. I know how basketball is played, and I enjoy watching the game, but I spend very little mental energy on basketball beyond being at the games. Did you play basketball in your younger days? I played horse and around the world. That's sweet. And, like, young women's basketball. How deadly of a shot were you? So good. Sharp shooter. I was always, like, the shortest in my class and, like, the scrawny little kid. So, no, I've never had a lot of basketball prowess. That makes the majority of the Silicon Slopes office, considering we're all just like weird, scrawny people yeah. that probably are bad at all sports. <laughs> Not and really anything in life, if you think about it. <laughs> anyway. On the bright side... Not only did the Jazz make the playoffs, but Utah is doing things right now from a business perspective. Do you oh, know t- this, Meg? Tell me about it. There has been a lot of rumors that were started probably last year, actually, where everybody's going, okay, when are these big companies inside Utah going to go public? You know, Right. Big Prob- companies like... Big companies, probably the main four being Pluralsight, Qualtrics, Domo, and Vivint. Okay? So everybody assumes that they're going to go public at some point, just nobody really ever knew when. Yeah. Big news this last week. Pluralsight has filed to go public. First domino to fall. That's big. Nearly immediately after that news came out, Recode came out with an article saying Domo is in the process of also filing. Two dominoes to fall in one week. Are you going to buy stock? In the same week that the Jazz made the playoffs, two companies go public. What could happen next? No more inversion. Oh, well, Uh, we're probably maybe getting there soon. It's warming um, up, so. Yeah. Although I think it's supposed to snow this week, so I'm, I'm kind of confused by that. April's so weird. I got married on April 30th in Utah, and it snowed on our wedding day. What? Yeah. 
Ugh, what a horrible marriage. <laughs> it's like snow. I can't believe it's lasted this long way, based upon the fact way. that snow. How long have you been married? Uh, coming up on eight years. Wow. Oh, no. Congratulations we to you like and to Steve and your old husband. Old married people. Ugh. How many board games do you play a week? Lots of board games. A How week. much jello do you make with your friends? So much jello? Yeah, jello. Yes. Yeah, Isn't that an old married That's thing? all we do is we just make jello with our friends. We call our friends, we're like, hey guys. Feel like making jello? Let's have a jello party. Me and Steven are just hanging out making jello. Does anyone want to come <laughs> Let's over? Let's make, make jello jigglers. I, we're, we called over a couple more couples to just kind of help out. <laughs> one's bringing whipped cream, one's bringing fruit to Will mix in. Will you bring the grated carrots, please? I'm offended that you and I are friends and you've never invited me to one of Chris, your jello parties. Chris, you're not parties. married. I thought you were going to say, if Chris, you... you're not my friend, and I was so freaked out. I would out. never. But if you get married, like... A weekend, we'll invite you over to make Jello. I don't like that this is an exclusive club that I have to break into through marriage. No, you know what happens. I love Jello, and I'm a single man. I make Here's Jello three times a Here's day. Here's what happens: when you get married, you become like infinitely more boring, and all your single friends just drop you. This happened to mm. me, and so then you have to make married friends. So it's actually the other way around. It's not that married friends drop their single friends. It's that single friends drop their married friends. That is true. I do hate all my married friends. They're the worst, right? But it's because they're always propositioning me for jello parties. <laughs> well, that really bums me out. I thought you wanted to I'm go like, to the jello yeah, party. Yeah, I kind of did it in about face. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it, I'm kind of glad you didn't invite me to your jello party. Anyway, good job, Plural site. Anyway, public companies. I don't know if I'm going to buy stock. You're actually the stock market expert. I am. I'm well, a shareholder in a number of companies. So tech companies? are coming out of the woodwork right now. Spotify, Dropbox. Now we're going to have some Utah people throwing their hat into the mix. Dropbox went public? I believe so. Oh, wow. Just barely. Cool. Are you going to jump on board? Who are you going to buy stock in? I think probably Spotify. Give us our stock yeses and no-nos. Let's see. Who did I... Uh, I just had a stock that did really well. I built in like a sell limit, and when it got to a certain point, it sold. And I believe it was a tech stock. So I feel like now's a good time to buy tech stock. Also, I bought some Amazon recently because... <laughs> buy, buy, buy. <laughs> because Trump's been saying all those bad things about Amazon, and mm, so, so it's it been it. dipping, and so I bought it at a low. I like that theory. So that that's one way to play the stock market, is just pay attention to what Donald Trump says. Mm. And then anytime he says something bad about a company, buy the stock, because it will be at a low point, and then it'll rise. Is your stock market infatuation the most entertaining aspect of your boring married life? Yes. Cool. Hands down. Did you develop it while you were married, or did you come into a marriage is, with already developed? No, this is a recent uh, development. Mm, you needed something on the edge. You needed to feel I'm just, again. I'm striving for most boring person ever. So mm. Jello talking about shares of stocks. <laughs> That's what you did at the Jello to play party. Bridge. Did anybody else buy a couple shares and drop box? <laughs> Is that what happens? Yeah, totally. That's what you have to look forward to. It's going to be cool when we can own stock in Utah companies, right? It is going to be cool. I'm going to buy some. Uh, this will be my initial foray. I cover the sports gambling side of Silicon Slopes. You cover the stock market. Now I'm going to kind of like delve into your area, but you'll probably have to hold my hand through the process. Okay. That, oh, that's fair. I and I agree help, to help you bet I on sports. Help Thanks for asking. I buy pants once, so you know you can trust me. I'm literally wearing these <gasps> pants right now. They look so good. <laughs> Thank you. I wish everybody could see right now the They're, pants. They look great. Just imagine, like, probably the most attractive single male you could ever possibly think of wearing the coolest pants ever purchased, and that's what that's, you're, that's, that's what you're that's missing out on That's who I'm right sitting in the studio with right <laughs> That's what now. you're missing out on. As we record. Yeah. So we have some videos of Tech Summit. 
that we are rolling out slowly. Last week, I published the video of Omar Johnson. Our favorite speaker at Tech Summit. Our favorite speaker at Tech Summit. No offense to the other speakers. No. They were all great. I actually personally mean offense. I loved Omar Johnson and not one other person. (laughs) Come at Chris. He's ready for you. Come at me. I got my new pants. You will clap right back if you come at him. (laughs) Not only is it a video of his presentation at Silicon Slopes Tech Summit 2018, but I did a backstage interview with him wherein he answered some questions. They were very insightful. I'm not going to give you the responses he gave because I want you to watch the video. So you can find that at SiliconSlopes.com. You can also find it through our YouTube channel. If you're and not subscribed on our yet YouTube already, channel. subscribe. JD Vance, you also published JD Vance. I did publish JD Vance. I believe that was last last week. Who was also a good speaker? I take Who back what I said. Good... Omar have Johnson read... and JD Vance. Have you read Hillbilly Elegy? I have not, but I've heard good things about it. I know, me too. I should read it. Sorry, JD. Um, and he was very great to talk with backstage, and his presentation was great on stage as well. What's the plan moving forward here? Two of these videos a week or what? Yeah, one or two a week. Okay. They take a while to edit. You are known for your editing prowess. But not speed. But not speed. So, slow and steady, Meg. Slow, slow and steady. Slow and steady. Oh, we have a couple of events coming up. This do, f- do tell. This Friday, we have a Silicon Slopes live recording with Cake, CEO and head of product. Oh, wow. Cake do you browser. use Cake? I have used Cake. I actually really like Cake. It's the swipe browser for those of you who don't browser. know. And for some reason, every time I just use the browser that comes with my phone, it like craps out. But when I use Cake, it always works. Which is a ringing endorsement. That's of a there sign. Was Are you going to tell that story at Silicon Slopes Live? You bet your butt I will. Are you going to make people watch you swipe through like things that you're interested in? Yes. Yes. And it's going to be like weird medical. Things. I'm talking like a 20 minute tutorial. Oh, yeah. I'm like, like oh, what yeah. is this rash? I was looking at rashes the other night for no particular reason. Definitely, just <laughs> definitely, just. definitely not I was connected to the fact that I'm wearing long sleeves and pants <laughs> and that my entire face is currently covered. Definitely not related to that. <laughs> and then on April 20th, which is also a Friday, we have Town Hall with Lendio CEO Brock Blake. Oh, wow. Should be great. Wow. You can RSVP where? On our meetup, correct? On our meetup. And then on April... 27th, April 27th, is our startup conversation with some big names, CMOs from around the valley. Um, that will be at the Salt Mine at noon. Wow. Yeah. What a busy month. What Utah. A, what a time to be U- alive. Utah. Utah's on the rise, People Meg. People speaking on panels. <laughs> Utah. What Answering we... Clint's weird questions. Uh, we should actually write our own Utah song. Uh, we just did. We are rivaling Orrin Hatch for most, n- no, the, the most, <laughs> I was trying to say notorious. That's what I was looking for. Most notorious songwriters. Lyricists. For, most notorious lyricists outside of Orrin Hatch in Utah. Remind me to add that to my business card. On the bright side, we remember our lyrics and there's no way Orrin Hatch remembers his. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm going to follow up with last week's tech gossip. Oh no, not Facebook. Oh, Facebook. We're going to go down a dark place. Remember last week, Tim Cook was like, bring it, Mark Z. And Mark Z was like, me, 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 me. Anyway, Tim Cook is no longer a part of this narrative, but Mark Z is getting himself into some real, real deep doo-doo. Mm, this doesn't sound like him. I know, right? So at first he was like, Cambridge Analytica didn't mess with our data. And he was like, actually, they did. 50 million users' data. And then he was like, actually, it was 87 million users' data. Mm, not ideal. Not ideal. Not and great, so Bob. you can tell a publicist or like a Kerry Washington on scandal, like a scandal handler came in and was like, look, you got to own this mistake. 
And so they have, but they've done it in like the most eye-rolly way possible. He sent like Sheryl Sandberg to go and like be his spokesperson and answer questions. And she was like, this is my own personal failing. Oh, no. She had to bear the cross. Yeah. And she's like, honestly, we were just too idealistic. And I was like, have you been on the Internet? How could you be idealistic about Anything on the internet. The internet is full of the worst side of everybody. The internet is you pure can filth. trust nobody on the internet. The internet is pure filth. You're a liar. You weren't too idealistic. You wanted to make money. The internet is built to monetize anything. Usually the worst things about the people. The very worst things about people. Which we agreed upon last podcast that you just need to say that you're trying to monetize your idea. Right. But instead, Facebook is doubling down on the ideals. We were just trying to make the world a better place. It's like in an interview where someone's like, now tell me about a failing. And you said, honestly, I'm too idealistic. Like, (laughs) how quickly would you wrap up that interview and never hire that person? Anytime anyone tells me they're idealistic, I punch myself in the face. That's how bad I hate it. Because they're freaking liars. Yeah, because I want them to see that nobody's idealistic. Everybody just wants money. How weird is it going to be when they make Social Network 2 and it encompasses the last five years? Well, the last one year and then the next four years of Mark Zuckerberg just going further and further into hiding and then going before Congress and probably getting berated in front of everybody. I mean, that's this week. He's going in front of Congress this week. Yeah, that's going to be a pretty dark moment in Social Network 2. I feel like Mark Zuckerberg is good at a lot of things, but charming people might not be one of them. And I feel like you have to be kind of charming in a <laughs> Senate hearing. And I just, I worry you and I know a thing or two about Senate hearings. Do we? And the one thing you need is charm. Yeah. So anyway, Facebook's in a bit of a pickle. Anyway, good luck, Mark. Good luck. In maybe front next of Congress. time, don't let some firm influence an election. Maybe imagine how fired up every United States senator is going to be to just bash him in front of the entire world. Oh, they like hate everyone him. on earth is currently down on Facebook to the point where it's easy pickings. All you have to do is just get him standing in front of you and berate him, and everyone will be on your side. Do you know why senators hate him so much? I think because he helped spread the word of their rap video that they made. <gasps> Yeah, that. And I think that they have like very, very, very limited tech knowledge. A few years ago. You're saying 70 year old men have limited knowledge of tech. Yeah. A few years ago, we were living in D.C. during the summer and my husband was working for um, the uh, uh, what's the like broadcast regulatory. I have no idea what you're talking about. Anyway, anyway. No, like the tech. Anyway, I can't remember the name, but that group is essentially a lobbying group. Okay. And there was a Senate meeting and there was a senator, I don't remember which one, super old, and they were talking about problems with the internet and like net neutrality. And this guy said, well, can't you just fix the tubes of the internet? He thought the internet consisted of physical plumbing. It doesn't? People were like sending... Emails that were like shooting through tubes. We need the internet bigger, bring in some more pipes. This was less than five years ago. That is pretty good. That's insane. That's a great thought. Isn't that crazy? That guy probably thinks that everything runs off of tubes. Everything everywhere. Everything everywhere. Imagine trying to explain a wireless network to him. He's like, the tubes go where? I mean, granted. The tubes go into the air? I don't understand how it works, but I know it's not tubes. Yeah, I know that too, unfortunately. For so this poor we, have, we have this huge industry that none of our lawmakers know how to monitor or regulate or 
even comprehend a little bit. So what you're saying is that they're going to ask Mark Zuckerberg about the tubes that went into Facebook and how they use yes. those tubes to siphon exactly, data off of people. That's exactly what I'm saying. Mm, I'm tuning in for that. Me too. Want to talk about weird Utah news? Oh, I've been dying all week to talk about this. <laughs> this is the only part of my week that I look forward to. Everything else I just approach with sadness. Not jazz games, though. Not jazz games. They actually make me happy. I take it back. Okay, tell me about this first story. So we got off on a little jello rant at the start of this podcast, right? Sure did. It's a little bit of a wonky Utah food selection. Uh-huh. Another wonky food selection. It's kind of a Utah-based thing. Funeral potatoes, oh, right? I love funeral potatoes. Okay. Let me tell the story, and then we're going to kind of dive into funeral potatoes. Okay. So Walmart starts selling funeral potatoes online, and they feature these ads on Facebook from a Salt Lake-based company. They're called Augustin Farms, okay? So they make dehydrated funeral potatoes, okay. which is a sweet idea. Right? Yeah. But Walmart starts running these ads, and everybody outside of Utah freaks out because they have no idea what anybody is talking about. <laughs> yeah. Because they're like, well, what? This is morbid. What are? How does a funeral tie into potatoes? What's going on? Do you die if you eat the potatoes? What's going? What's going to happen here? So then everybody had to find out that it's just this weird Utah thing that nobody can explain. We always eat potatoes at funerals. Yeah, but the potatoes are way good. They're so good, and they're usually served when you go to the funeral. The spread includes funeral potatoes, ham, Jello, and like a. A green salad that's mostly like iceberg lettuce. Yeah, it's the worst salads always. And like those tomatoes that are cut in like slices. Ew. So you have to like recut it. Yeah. Why do they do that? Why can't they just do a normal cut? I don't know. But the funeral potatoes are always so good. The funeral potatoes are always the standout item of the food selection when you're like mourning somebody's death. Because you can't mess them up. It's like cheese and potatoes and cornflakes. I think that's why they're so good is because anybody makes them. Yeah. Right? And makes them real good. Utahns are serious about funeral potatoes. They're a great thing that everybody loves. They're also tied to a tradition of people dying in the yeah. way that if you want funeral potatoes, you literally have to kill somebody in order to make them <laughs> yes. and then eat them at their funeral, which I have personally done on occasion because that's how good funeral potatoes I have, are. I have had funeral potatoes outside of a funeral and it felt what? wrong. <laughs> yeah, That's dirty. Yeah. It was a little sinful. Did you like look around for somebody to sacrifice to like make you feel better about what you're <laughs> like, eating? I gotta like, kill someone. Is, is there anybody like who's 80 and already has a disease that we could just really get out of here quickly? So Walmart shoppers are wondering what funeral potatoes are. So a bunch of outlets covered it, and Fox News was writing about it, New York Post, just explaining what funeral potatoes were to the world. Yeah. And now I think everybody's on board because. They're tasty things. Oh, they're so good. And just, you don't have to eat them at funerals, as it turns out. You can eat them whenever you want. I mean, that's your prerogative, but you will feel weird about it. How did this become a tradition? That's one of the things I'm fascinated about, about our state how history. Does, how does anything become a tradition, though? I hate traditions. You do? Yes. They're garbage. One person that's does sad. one thing one time, and then you're tied down for the rest of the time? No, not into that. Let's say you do something, and it's super cool. Then the next time you do it, it's less cool, and so on and so forth. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You mainly just go out on top. That's my thought on traditions. You do something one time, and it's awesome. Go out. Don't do it again. You understand that you're arguing for the end of funeral potatoes at funerals. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to kill people when I eat funeral potatoes. I want to eat them whenever I want. I think that we should continue to have funeral potatoes. I would like to remove the stigma of only eating them at funerals because they are good. Yeah. I mean, it's okay if you're eating them at an old person's funeral because they were already going to die. But then when you're eating them at a young person's funeral, it's way sad. And that eating is tied into the sadness. That, yeah, I don't want that. I want to be happy when I'm eating them. At my grandma's funeral, at the lunch afterward, I had three helpings of funeral potatoes. <laughs> what? Because they were delicious. Three helpings at a funeral? Yeah. <laughs> Did anybody comment on it? No. 
because they were all also having multiple servings of the funeral <laughs> potatoes because they were so good. What's the most servings of funeral potatoes that it's acceptable to have at a funeral? Oh, if you're grieving, platefuls, just like multiple plates. The whole bowl. And you have to like stack the plates because they're greasy. It's a butter and cheese. Yeah, it's true. And so it's going to like soak through. Yeah. So you got to double up on the plates. Yeah, you got to have like four plates. Yeah. Funeral potatoes are cool. I think we all agree on that. Jello's not as cool. Funeral potatoes are cool. Totally. But have you had the jello with the pretzel crust at the bottom? No, that sounds kind of intriguing. It's good. So just pound up some pretzels. Whoa. Put them in the bottom. Okay. You know, maybe like a little bit of butter. Okay. And then you put like raspberry jello on top with strawberries, sliced strawberries in the raspberry jello. Whipped cream on top of that sucker. You got yourself a fruit salad. Wow. You learned this at one of your married parties. Yeah. Be honest. Yes. Where we talked about the shares we own. (laughs) The first married couple to show up with pretzel jello just blew everybody's mind. (laughs) It was like the most exciting year of marriage for everyone involved. So there is this sheriff's employee in Ogden who has just been busted for using the meth collected as evidence. Oh, don't do that. I feel like there's some drugs you can get away with. No one will really notice if you're on it, like marijuana. Yeah, weed would be my first guess. Maybe like a little bit of cocaine. Meth, though? I feel like people can tell when you're on meth. I love when they show up to the evidence locker and his eyes are just white as saucers. Hey, 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 It was a woman. What? Yeah. (laughs) I just feel like the first time you use meth, like, all your teeth fall out. And you're, like, bug-eyed. And you're, like... Freaking out. She's rubbing her hands together. What what kind of evidence do we got coming in, boys? Yeah, like, I just, I don't think that it was an inconspicuous until thing she, to do. Until she was caught, I'll bet her day of work was so good, though. Actually, she was probably so efficient. She was just blasting okay. through all of her chores. I watched a documentary on meth um, hmm. because I'm married and we do boring married people things, like watch documentaries. Okay. And this woman talked about how she'd take meth because she thought it was making her, like, more productive. And she'd try and clean her kitchen, but she'd just clean, like, one corner for two hours. Yes. Just, like, she was, you know, on <laughs> drugs. So she didn't realize the whole kitchen needed to be clean, but that one corner was super clean. Oh, but the corner looked so good, though. It had now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I should do meth, because then I bet, like, the newsletter would be awesome. I would personally encourage everybody to do meth before they work, just to see what kind of productivity you bring to the workplace. I mean, you know. Just do it one time. Sometimes you plateau. How- in your career, and you need a little jolt. <laughs> I've kind of been dragging a little bit lately at Silicon Slopes, and have you? this is gonna just rocket me to the forefront. <laughs> Do we have a team meeting in just I'll a minute? Out, I'll about, send out 32 about, newsletters in one day. Yeah, how about but we create be the same like newsletter. a PowerPoint? Like, guys, new idea. <laughs> this Mess. is us sober at work. It shows all its frowny faces. We're like asleep at our desks. This is us on meth. It shows newsletters, <laughs> articles everywhere. Type, 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 events, type. events, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm into this idea. Good uh, for that lady. Yeah. She was just trying to be a better employee. Well, Give the freaking lady a break, man. She's fired now. So uh, it's too bad. Well, employers can't please them. <laughs> can't, That's you what I can't make say. them happy. What do they you want? can't please them. You show up to work on the meth that your evidence locker turned in one day and get can. What's the world coming to? It's just not fair. <laughs> what can you do at work anymore, Meg? I'm not meth, apparently. <laughs> We're going to end on a higher note. Oh, good. Okay. Well, that actually was kind of a high note for everybody except for that poor lady, unfortunately. Yeah. But I-15 reconstruction. Oh, again? Sore spot, 
But you look into the future and you're happy and you're like, oh, man, there'll be lots of lanes I can get around. The government has come out and said that the Tech Corridor Project, which is around Thanksgiving Point, where we work and where a lot of tech companies work, Mm -hmm. is the number one transportation project on the docket. Bam! Okay. That's great. So that's great news. Construction has actually already started. I don't really know what they're doing, and that's probably going to be a quagmire for a while, unfortunately. Quagmire. Nice word. But, eh, yeah. I'm an English major. That's what you say. I'm actually not an English major. What what major are you? (laughs) I'm a communication major. My ability like to communicate a, through words that's like, like a quagmire. poor man's English major. Yeah. yeah, it's for like dumber English people. <laughs> and that's how we describe ourselves. Um, <laughs> so getting back to what I was saying. Yes. The Tech Corridor Project is number one. Okay. Okay. Which is exciting news for everybody because it means we hopefully won't have to sit in traffic for 52 hours every time it's rush hour. Yeah. Have you ever left this office at five? No, because I have a communication schedule and I set it and I don't ever travel during rush hour. If you leave at five, it takes a full 30 minutes just to get on the freeway. Oh, that's horrific. It's horrific. Oh, my gosh. That just bummed me out. Yeah. Okay. Here's the funny part of the story. So as part of the release that the Tech Corridor Project is the number one priority, (laughs) Utah actually ranked the projects that are on their docket. Wow. From one to (laughs) ten. (laughs) That's bold. They didn't rank like, this is the most important project. And then these are also like, they're of slightly less importance, but they're all important. They literally ranked them from one to 10. Can you guess what the poor 10th project was? The street right by my house. It is in Syracuse, Utah. Oh, uh uh-oh. What's going on in Syracuse? They're reconstructing Route 108, and they are the last priority. It's going to be like 2050 before they get to it. Oh, it'll be in 300 years. I'll guarantee it. Tech Corridor will take at least 15 years to repair, right? Oh, if not more. So what's Syracuse going to do? They're going to be sitting there for all... Oh, move. Where do you think your street should rank on the top 10? Two. Oh. It's bad. Why is it so bad? It's real bad. It's got like all these potholes. And every time I drive down, I'm like, do I have a flat tire? (laughs) It's one of those things. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah. We're getting slacked right now. I wish we were on meth right now. We could respond to the slack and also talk at the same time. Well, Ooh, good response. <laughs> that was a scintillating podcast. That was insane. We had 30 seconds of silence for Meg to slack the answer to Clint's question of how late are you two here today? And she said two. That took how us 30, late are you here? That took us 30 seconds to come up with. I was waiting for you to respond so I didn't look like the worst employee. Oh. And so I don't actually want to give my time now that you've given yours. Are you leaving before two? No, I was going to say two, too. Oh, okay. Anyway, thanks for listening, We'll live everybody. and die together on that one. Okay. <laughs> Because that's what podcast partners do. Because that's what meth-addicted podcast partners do. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Remember to rate and review us on iTunes. Wherever you listen to your podcast, rate and review us. There are so many different podcast things. There's so many options, man. Freaking tubes everywhere. The tubes are just in the sky. Podcast tubes, Delivering our podcast to your ears. Podcast tubes. And then it, like, gets small and goes through, like, the headphone wire. And then, like, expands in your ears. You gotta have some finger dexterity to make the final podcast tubes that get to the phone. Yeah. That takes some little hands. Some job security right there. Oh, yes. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you. Support for Silicon Slopes comes from Harmon's Neighborhood Grocer, where food lovers can take cooking classes to learn knife handling, wine pairing, sushi rolling, and fresh pasta preparation. Locations can be found at harmonsgrocery.com. Harmon's, your food, our passion.